0: It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Hebrews chapter 8 from verse 6. I'm going to read the scripture that I know many of you are familiar with, but in a wonderful light tonight. Say amen. Now the Bible says he has obtained a more excellent ministry. Somebody shout hallelujah. He has obtained a more excellent ministry. Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry. Somebody say amen. We are under a more excellent ministry. By God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. Now the Bible says... By much more also, he's the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Somebody shout hallelujah. And the Bible says for verse 7, that if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. That means the second covenant was given because the first covenant had fault. Somebody shout hallelujah. If there was no problem with the law, God would not have brought the covenant of grace. If he did not find fault with the covenant of the law, he would not have brought the covenant of grace. The Bible says, so the Bible says in the next verse, he says for finding fault with them, he says, behold, the days come when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Praise the Lord. And he says, not according to the covenant that I made with our fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, said the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. The covenant had fault because it found fault with men. And the Bible says... And it's not according to the covenant that I met. That there's a new covenant he says I've met, and it's not like the other one because they could not continue in the other one. Give me the NIV of that very verse 9. Do you have an NIV? Or you don't? Yes. He says it will not be like the covenant I will, I will, I made with our forefathers when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt. Because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. Did you hear that? They did not remain faithful to my covenant. They did not remain faithful to my covenant. So he says that the, the, the covenant I had to make with them is a kind of covenant where they can be faithful. I canceled the first covenant because they could not remain faithful. There was something in humanity that could not keep faithfulness before God. And so God, God finds Uh, he finds fault with the covenant because he found fault with with men and he found fault with men because they could not be faithful in that covenant. Who has understood what I said? So he gives them Moses. He gives them the law. And by that, men have fault. And then God says, you know what? Let me bring another covenant. Because they cannot continue in this covenant. Why can they not continue in this covenant? They will not be and they have failed to be faithful. They failed to be faithful. They failed to continue therein. They failed to fulfill it. So what do I do? Let me bring another covenant. That's why he says if the first covenant did not have fault, there would not have been a need for the New Testament. There would not have been a need for the covenant of grace. If the law was enough, if the law could take men to heaven, if the law would make and present a man faultless, God would not have brought the, the, the grace. But why does grace come? Because he knew men failed. Now, contrary to men and how men think God is, versus who He really is, because there's a difference between the revelation of the mind or the way of the spirit, of the way of God, versus human understanding and interpretation and reasoning and logic and and, 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 and creative doctrine, dogmas around what they think God thinks like. And men, are f- uh, and men continue to conclude that the way they think is the way God thinks. And so they create their thoughts as the doctrine of Christ. This is something so amazing about God. God has never wanted to find men at fault. You might never understand this until it gets revealed in your spirit. God has never wanted to find you at fault. He has never enjoyed... Calling you faulty. He has never enjoyed seeing you at fault. He, it was so much on him. That he literally said you know what. If this continues to find men faulty. Let me bring a covenant that will not find men faulty. Somebody shout hallelujah. The men and people of this world are like that. People love to find you at fault. Do you know there are people who are just waiting for you to fall. Do you know there are people, look at how the world responds to life. Do you know how much the world responds to bad news? Bamu Kute, he was arrested. Bamu Se, he was killed. You understand what I'm saying? It's as though the world is, it, it's so fascinated about finding fault with humanity. Even men of God, there are men of God who are praying for other men of God to fall. At least with their mouth, they say, ah, Father, I pray you make brother so and so stand. But when you check them inside their spirits, they're saying, when will he fall? So his members leave him and then come to my church because that's the only way their church can grow. By the failure of another preacher. Laugh at the devil. Who has understood what I just said? Do you know there are people who you do business with and they want you to fail? There are people you do ministry with and they want you to fail. They laugh with you. They oh, when they celebrate with you, we want to congratulate you. Ah, this is great things that are happening in your life, but when they go back, they're like, God. You understand? All my years, I sat around men and women of God as I was growing up. And there's nothing that ever broke my heart every time I was sitting next to a man of God. And, 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 and calamity befalls another. And this guy turns and says, didn't I tell you? I told you. I, I told you. What about it? Okay, so what if you said it? Do you understand what I'm saying? So what if the sister fell? So what if, as you prophesied, the brother fell? So what? So what? you understand what I'm saying? Do you know how many people want to, do you know, some say the people even laugh with and, and walk with, but if you check inside their heart, they are waiting. Praise God. One time I was reading about David and in one of the Psalms, the man says, lead me in your way, lead me into your paths of righteousness because of my enemies. You know, the man said, you know what, God, I want to walk with you eh? because I love you, but also Keep me in the paths of righteousness because of my enemies. Because of my enemies. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He he, he asked God that, you know, I, I might not be the right person, but because there peop- the are people who are watching you to fail every day. There are people who are, they, they are praying, they are, they are, they are fasting, they are, they, are, they are, of course, like I said, they might give an outward appearance of, yeah, yeah, no, nah, no, no, why should it fall? Why is the glory of us, of her failing? But you see, within their heart, if you examine it, they, they want, they are desperate for the failure of another believer who is following what I'm saying. And so David says, lead me to the paths of righteousness. He says, lead me in thine way because of mine enemies. Why? Because the people who hate me, if they hear that I have fallen, oh, no, they just even hear a rumor that you fell and then they start celebrating over the rumor. Why? Because they wish it is true. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you know there are people who are, once they hear anything about you, they will want to amplify it. Why? They don't amplify it because, and some of them of course go with the constant clause of her. Let's pray for Sister Lizzie. What about Sister Sister Lizzie? Huh. <laughs> the Bible says do not, do not talk about people. <laughs> anyway, what is wrong? You see, Sister Lizzie, Stole money. we hear here. She stole money. Oh, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> they act like they want to speak, but they're not speaking. But then they are really speaking. <laughs> Have you been around such folk? And when you look at their hearts inside, you honestly see that they're excited for the fall of another. Who has understood what I just said? But that is not our God. That is not our God. Hallelujah. You see, the Bible says, Ooh, there's a scripture I read a couple of months ago. And you know, not that I don't know it, but it brought, it brought. Ooh, Ooh, he says, we, we have not a high priest who is not touched by a weakness." The man you believe he, he is touched by your weakness he is moved by your weakness give me the amplified of that he is affected but he says "For so we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand listen and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation that's not the priest you have you don't have a Jesus who who cannot sympathize With you. That's why we used to sing. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend. All our sins and griefs to bear. Our problem was all because we do not care. Everything to God in prayer When Satan tempts me to despair And tells me of the guilt within have what I look and see him there Who met an end to all My sins, who made an end to all. My sins, because the sinless Savior died. My sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied. Look on him and pat on you to look on him and pat on you behold him there the risen lamb, my perfect sportless righteousness the great and tangible I am The King of glory and of grace The King of glory and of grace Because the sinless My sinful soul is Satisfied to come. Let me <laughs> pardon me. Hallelujah. My sin, all oh, the peace. Of the glorious thought (laughs) my sin—not in part, but the whole—is nailed to the cross. And I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I can see how the devil is looking right now. You have not a high priest. Who does not understand? He understands. He sympathizes with your weakness. He didn't sit back to say, "Aha. He's thank God she's fallen. Thank God this has happened to her. Thank God this has befallen her. Oh, I wish it fell quicker. I knew it was going to fall anyway. No, every time something happens to you, he says, I understand. I understand. Oh God, I messed up I, I understand. Because that which is born of God, it does not. It cannot deliberately, habitually, you can't choose to sin when you're born of God. Has a man who has not yet understood salvation or who is not saved, actually who is not saved. Every man which is born of God, the Bible says is born of an incorruptible seed. You're born of incorruption. You know when you mess up. You don't need anybody to tell you that you're messed up. No, 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 no. You know. You know. But the high priest on your side says, I understand. I'll get you out of this. I sympathize. I'll fix this. Give me time. He's not like those who are saying, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. There she is. Look at her. I told you she's a thief. Did I tell you she's a thief? Did I I tell you No, 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 no. The high priest you've received tells you, I know you screwed up. Come and we fix it. Come and we fix it. Why don't you love him? Hallelujah. How can you not love him? Many years ago, I remember a young man walked to me in my office and sat there and told me, Apostle, I have messed up. To a point where it's not that I don't want help, it's just that I don't think that even you, if I told you my story, you'd understand. I have messed up. I told him, Try me. He started speaking. Do you know? In my heart, I was like, oh. <laughs> but in my face, I was like, "Hmm, I understand. Hmm, I understand." But in my heart, I was like, "Whoa, even that, <laughs> huh? <laughs> you understand?" And then after the guy told me the story, he told me, "That's me." <laughs> That's just me, apostle. I think you've seen how dangerous I am. Don't you even fear me. Man, the guy told me things. I went back home that day. I was not thinking about the things he had told me. But I was thinking for a moment. Where was the salvation of a man like that? If it was not for Jesus. How many of you look at the things you've done and say only Jesus can understand. Some of you are too righteous. You even look and say in our way. No, no, this goes even beyond what you've done in the flesh. This goes to those stupid thoughts that you had when you were driving back home. Are you hearing me? Those ugly things you had in your head. You even wanted to kill your sister last week. then for a moment you're like you know I was was telling somebody yesterday I told him if Jesus was if Jesus used to find us at fault woo he comes from heaven and says he's the one who stole (laughs) some of you would not even appear (laughs) am I communicating something praise the Lord Jesus somebody shout hallelujah but he is touched with your infirmity. He is touched with your weakness. He understands. He's helping you. He's with you. He says, I'll help you through. I'll help you. Trust me. I'll help you. Believe. I'll help you. I sympathize. Because I empathized years ago. He sympathizes now because he empathized. He that knew no sin became sin. That we being dead to sin. Might live unto righteousness. Those are the stripes that heal you. He's wounded for your transgressions. The chastisement of your, your peace. Your peace was upon him. A man that knew no sin. Died for you. He understood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God didn't want you to rot yourself in sin. No. He didn't want you to waste it in whatever is disturbing you. No. His plan is simple. He even, he even changed the covenant. Because he saw a man at fault. Oh, you didn't get it. You're not just tiny specks of nothingness in this universe. You're somebody. He looked at a covenant that was consecrated. The law is good, the Bible says. But when he looked at you, he says, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Let me change the covenant. That I'll create something that will cause her to walk faithful. Now I know why men fight grace the message. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know why men fight grace the message, not the person. You know, they might be fighting the person, but they're just fighting the message. Oh, he even called himself grace. You ask my mother. She's the one who called me grace. Temple people think I just called myself after the message. Nah, no, ask. She's here. You understand what I'm saying? But when she was carrying this boy in the stomach. <laughs> she knew. That I was going to preach grace. could not have preached any other message. Somebody shout hallelujah. He found fault with them. And so when he saw that the man was at fault, he looked at the covenant and he called it faulty. Jesus said, who who is good except the law? He knew that the law was good. But when he saw how man failed, He looked at the same law which is good and said it's good but faulty. Why? Because I found fault with man. I don't want to build something that makes men faulty. I am (coughs) I don't intend to build something to make you fail. I didn't give you that job to fail. I didn't give you that relationship to fail. I did not give you that business to fail. I didn't give you that ministry to fail. I didn't give you those children to fail. I didn't give you that body to fail you. I I am not a God who offers failure. That's not me. That's another thing. Hallelujah somebody. Hallelujah shout somebody. shout, Shout hallelujah. When I was reading about how God dealt with sin and Israel. Many of you will agree with me. You will agree with me. That sin on Israel was a general issue. You understand what I'm saying? Predominantly, God dealt with a nation according to the sin of that nation. So, when he was talking about sin, It was a general thing that when he says, I shall punish the children of Israel. Do you remember that even children died in the same wars? When he says, They shall be subdued by their enemies. When young virgins fainted because of lack of water and food. These were not people who had wronged God. But when God was judging a nation, he judged it publicly. The sin of a nation, like the sin of a nation, it used to go across even to men which had not sinned because God was angry with the people. When Israel was defeated, not all those army men who were on the front lines fighting for the sake of Israel had all sinned. But when God judged Israel, the whole nation was defeated and sons and daughters died. Men buried their wives, wives buried their husbands, sisters, their brothers, and mothers, their sons. They had not wronged God, but because there was in fact, if you remember in the scripture, he went in every year once for the sin of a whole nation. How many remember that? He didn't go to say, no, let me go for the sin of the few who have sinned and those who have not sinned I'm not propitiating. No, no. He, he used to go in every year by the sacrifice of animals, bulls and goats, uh, th- 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 this, these heifers that, 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 that were unblemished. For the sake of the nation. And the Bible says, and every time, because there was only one high priest allowed. And if God was very pissed and the priest did not give the right sacrifice, the scriptures tell us the priest would be killed in the holy place, Holy of Holies. And that is why when priests went in, they, they were tied with ropes on their legs. Such that a few minutes later, after they suspect that you've finished paying the sacrifice, when they pull your leg and then you don't do this, they know uh, the priest is dead. They pull out the body. There were times God would cut a wire. Maybe the priest that has gone in has gone in the wrong way. And the priest is smite and dead because of the sins of a nation. You understand what I'm saying? And the Bible says, amazingly, Hebrews is very clear. eh? That at that sacrifice, it was enough to purge the consciences of men. This is amazing. That The Bible says, for if the blood of bulls, whoo, if the blood of bulls and goats, and the Bible says, and the ashes of heifer, sprinkling to the unclean, comma, sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh. Praise the Lord. How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit, nobody have himself without support or, or, or the support to God, purge your conscience from dead works. Men, men used to sacrifice and they when the priest comes out, they know that God can't kill someone. One sacrifice of one priest used to cleanse the whole nation. Some of you think one sacrifice of one priest used to cleanse the whole nation. And men's flesh was cleansed. And a man would, if you tell a man you've sinned, he'll tell you <laughs> Me? No. Okay, what you're talking about was washed. By what? By blood of goats and sheep and ram. Any of those unblemished animals. Once they're taken there, that man would go to sleep sure that God will hear him. By animals. How much more? The blood of the eternal covenant. The Bible says how will it not purify your conscience from dead works? How can your conscience be not purified? How can you not walk with a clear conscience? We, if Jesus shed his blood for you, if men would carry a clean flesh and a conscience void of offense because of animals, how much more the son of God? You're free. Hello? You're free. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Do you know people, there are people who kill themselves for the sins of 1979. They literally kill them in 1979. Then they get a rope. I drank water. Then they hang themselves and die. Hallelujah. 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 And there are people who think that because we preach of this love and blood, we are saying sin. No. If you're the kind who can sin, because of the availability of of blood and grace then the problem is not that you are a wrong Christian. The problem is that you're not really born again. You're not really born again. You can't be born again and love sin. You can't. Somebody shout hallelujah. But that still doesn't take away the blood that was shed at Calvary. The purification of our consciences. Toward God. Hallelujah. From dead works. From dead works that we should serve the living God. Dead works is not bad things. There are things that are good, but some of you think that those are the things that justify you and make you better than others because you've done those things. Ha. Listen, we are justified through faith. You're justified because you believed on the name of Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. God does not want to find men at fault. He doesn't. There there, there, there are ministers in the body of Christ who have made it their ministry. Like there's this guy who says, for him God called him to to show false ministries and to expose the cult. (laughs) And when I check in the fivefold ministry, that that, that calling is not there. When I check in the gifts of the Holy Spirit... That gift is not there. (laughs) How many of you know that Satan, the word Satan is translated as accuser? How many of you know that Satan means accuser? Satan means accuser. He carries two names. Accuser, Satan. Or Lucifer, the illuminated one. By glory and virtue, he was the angel of illumination. He was the angel of illumination. That is why out of him flowed lights in forms of beautiful stones. He was built with topaz and garnets and all these kind of things. That is why in the the metaphysical, oh, in the spirit realm, He is transformed even as an angel of light. Because light was his niche. Light was his his glory. Light was his... You see? But because he's turned into evil, of course now in the demystification of the mystery of light, now we are helping to help men we're trying to help men understand that the darkness in the world can actually appear in a form of a light in the spirit that's so why the bible says that if the light in indeed be darkness oh what great darkness there is and today in the church of jesus christ men are preaching darkness even as light because they behold darkness as light and they behold the lights of the glorious gospel as darkness Go back to Jeremiah. Woo! I just remember something. In Jeremiah 31, I want you to know that when when Hebrew quotes, when when in Hebrews 8, where I was reading, he he gets a quotation of Jeremiah as a fulfillment of scripture. Hebrews 8, where I was reading, all through from 7, 10 and, and down, you realize he quotes Jeremiah 31. But before you go into Jeremiah 31, I want you to begin from the first verse. I want you to see what happened. Israel had screwed up. It had messed up. It had done all kinds of things. And he says, and at the same time said the Lord, I will be the God of all families of Israel and they shall be my people. He's the God of all families. All families. Hallelujah. And the next verse says, and, and, eh, eh. That said the Lord. He says, the people, the people which were left for the sword, that is judgment. The Bible says they found grace. They found grace in the wilderness. Even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest, Israel had messed up. It had done every rotten thing in the world. And as it waited for the sword, for judgment to come and befall it, God extended grace. Israel, in the wilderness, found grace and rest instead of judgment. How many of you understand what I'm saying? How many of you know that Noah was justified by faith? That's why he found grace before God. How many of you understand that? Now, he continues to say in Jeremiah verse 3, The Lord has appeared unto me, the Lord of all. He says he has appeared unto me saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. This was a nation that had messed up. But he knew that I cannot redeem them by anger. Listen, God beat Israel. He smites their sons and daughters. Enemies defeat them and they eat of the, stray, of the bread of, 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 of the desolate. They, they, they were robbed of everything. They were enslaved in nations. They crossed the river into the wilderness and worshipped funny gods. After seeing that God of power and being enslaved for hundreds of years because wrath worketh not righteousness. You can't change somebody. You can't change anybody. You can't change anything by anger. You're wasting time. The more anger you exert, the more you're judged. The more you rebel. Israel was beaten, smiten, and stricken by God. But they never heard him. Let me tell you, the affliction of judgment is not stronger than the pleasure of sin. The affliction of judgment is not stronger than the pleasure of sin. Don't ever be deceived. Otherwise, people would not be sinning anymore. You think that man taking alcohol doesn't know the dangers of alcohol. That boy smoking weed doesn't know that weed is going to kill him. He knows that. But the pleasure of weed is stronger than any death. I'm telling you. People die and they even get lung cancer and then they tell a guy stop smoking and I have stopped two days later. (sighs) Because the pleasure of sin is stronger than the sword of judgment. God knew he would not change a man by being hard on them. He knows you He could not change anybody by being hard. He can't, even if he tries. He did that to Israel many years. Up to today, present Israel is still rebellious to Jesus Christ. They believe in the Torah. They believe in Moses. They are Judaism. They believe in the Old Testament. But talk about Jesus. Go to Israel right now and talk about Jesus. And look, in every 100 Israelites, you'll find probably one Israelite. Who can say that Jesus walked in the flesh? The temple in Jerusalem right now is owned by Muslims. It's in the Muslim quarter. All they have is a wailing wall where they go to weep. All they have is a wall. Go to the uh, Mary's grotto where they believe Mary's house was. It is owned by religious people. Go to where Jesus was buried. It was even bought from a Muslim fellow. The history of Christianity in Israel goes into the stories of, of Islam and Roman Catholicism. You understand what I'm saying? Up to today, Israel believes in Jehovah, Yahweh, Adonai, but when you talk about Yeshua, many of them believe he will come, but many of them don't believe that he came in the flesh. You understand what I'm saying? They're still rebellious right now, up to now. There is hope for Israel. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he let that rebellion come through for you to be grafted in. In fact, it's our advantage that they are funny. But the Bible says they'll have a home come, a home welcome. God will invite them again. He's he's not forsaken Israel. The Bible says he calls them his his greatest friends. Hallelujah. He says in in Romans 11, Now if their living triggered this worldwide coming of non-Jewish outsiders to God's kingdom, just imagine the effect of their coming back. What a homecoming! For the Bible says he's not yet done with Israel. He loves his people. But because of love, he... Gave Jesus and even put aside Israel, a whole nation, for you Gentiles to come in, and then you become legal. You go back to Moses. This message is bigger than us. Hallelujah. This message is bigger than one man. It's bigger than what you think and what you know. It is the story. It's the testimony. And I want you to meditate for a moment. If God had judged you for what you deserve. The Bible says for he has not dealt us with us even as our sins have deserved. For if he had done so. The Bible says would have been like Sodom and Gomorrah. Nobody here would not have been destroyed. Every face I see here right now has been preserved this far. Because he has not dealt with you after your sins and has not rewarded you after your iniquity. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, if you go back into the story of um, of Genesis, the fall of man, eh? Eve and Adam were tempted by eating a fruit. Who understands what I'm saying. Even so in Jeremiah, like he explains later, in Jeremiah, again, in the 31 where we're reading, the, the Bible says, in uh, I think, let's go in verse 29. Again where we're at 31. Let's go to verse 29. He says, in those days, now listen, there shall be no more, they shall say no more that the fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth are set on the edge." Again now, he talks about sin in form of a fruit. In this instance, it's grape. Some of you, when you're watching the movie of Adam and Eve, you see apple. Some of you don't even eat apples. (laughs) May the Lord deliver thee. But do you understand what I'm saying? God looks at the sin principle and relates it to fruit. Even here in Jeremiah, he speaks of the sin principle as fruit. He says, In that day, they shall not say anymore that the fathers have eaten a sour grape and the children's teeth are set on the edge. In other words, a nation shall not sin and children pay for the sin of the nation. I shall not judge sin publicly. According to what two, three, four, five guys have done on behalf of that nation. He says, everyone shall die for his own iniquity. And every man that, that eateth the sour grape his teeth shall be set on the edge. In our, I'll not consider what a nation has done. No, I will go to every individual. I'll present Christ to everyone. And I'll judge everyone either because they believed on the Lord or they didn't. But there's a very intriguing thought for a moment when you imagine that in this instance, it talks about the bitterness or the sourness of the grape. How many of you know that everything that is, if a grape is bitter, it only means it's not yet ripe. It's not yet it's time to be eaten. It's premature. When a grape is full of age, it tastes sweet in the mouth. He's talking about sour grape. Let me show you the mystery. James James 3, James 3, James 3. James 3. He says, verses 10. He says, James 3, verses 10. He says, out of the same mouth, he's showing a mystery. He says, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Now listen. There's a fountain, he's asking, send forth at the same time sweet and bitter. Blessing, he says, out of their mouths was flowing blessing and was flowing curses. And he asks... There's a fountain out of it, of the same place. Bring forth water, sweet and bitter. Blessing and curse, sweet and bitter. Hey, blessing and curse, sweet and bitter. Blessing as a figure of sweetness. Curse as a figure of sour and bitter. Be careful with people who preach generational curses. of people which preach the gospel of curses. You see, the generational curses of your brother, yeah, it existed in Matthew 23, where he said, and the sin even of the first righteous man, Abel, even to the killing of all those other people, I think it's Matthew 23, 35, he says, it shall be counted on you. It happened at a certain point that even the sin of Abel was counted on a nation that it may come upon all of you, the righteous blood that was shed upon the earth from the blood of the righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias the son of Barachias who you slew between the temple and the altar. He's telling Pharisees, Sadducees, which were not there during that time, but God is counting that sin on them. And he says, and all this shall befall this generation. Give me the message of that. The message Bible says, of the same verse, 35, He says and you can't squam out of this every drop of righteous blood ever spilled on this earth. Begin with the blood of that good man Abel right down to the blood of Zachariah, Bacarius son whom you've murdered at his prayers is on your head. God counted the sin even of the forefathers on the heads of Israel. Why? Because they had not received a savior. Salvation had not come and the blood had not been shed at the cross at Calvary. Now that Jesus is come he says that you shall not eat of the sour grape and your children's teeth are set on the edge. Children shall not pay the sins of that generational curse. Oh, in our family, our grandfather killed someone. Therefore, all of us have to die because our grandfather killed someone. No, that was okay before the blood. But when the blood was shed, everything was done for a man when he's born again. The Bible says it becomes a new creation in Christ and all things are gone. The past, the Bible says, and behold the new. And he says, and all things are of God. All things are of God. You can't tell me that I have my grandfather's curse on me. Hello, somebody. Some of you, you're still breaking that spirit in our family. That same spirit of our great grandfathers who did this. And our cousin sisters who did that. Oh God, the sin of my father. Let it befall me. No, let it not befall me. The sin of my cousin brother. Take it away. And some people are breaking and breaking and breaking. You're eating bitter He called us the sweet savour of his knowledge. Hallelujah. He called it the sweet incense of the gospel. It is good news. Why? Because Jesus died and he was raised from the dead. Somebody said hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not of bitterness, I'm not of curses, I'm of blessing, I'm the blessed of the Lord, I preach the blessing of God that maketh rich and addeth no sorrow, I preach the blessing of God for every man which is under grace for he is cast which believes in the law, but the Bible says but he is blessed, which has received the everlasting covenant of the person of Jesus through his shed blood Our message in this dispensation is not supposed to be about the curses of your generations and your great great generations grandfathers. No, our teaching is supposed to be about the blessing of God. The everlasting covenant. Because there was a time you were aliens. The Bible says you were strangers to the covenant of the promise. But now the Bible says has he what? drawn you in. By his precious blood. Now you have understood that Jesus Christ is life, He is righteousness, He is sanctification, He is redemption upon all that believe, for there is no different, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but have been justified freely through the redemption that is in the Christ. Somebody shout hallelujah! That is my testimony. Tell your neighbor that is my testimony tell them again that is my testimony hallelujah that's why in 31 when they meet God the 14th verse the Bible says I he says I shall satiate the soul of the priest with fatness and my people shall be satisfied with goodness not bitterness hallelujah why because when you understand the grace message oh 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 oh, he, he satiates your soul with fatness The anointing increases. Glory increases. Understanding increases. Worshippers. Your worship changes. Because it's not calling on a God who is going to punish you. Hallelujah. It is calling on a God who loves you with an everlasting love and he wants to get that nonsense out of you and still walk with you to the end. how can they ignore that kind of love? And said of for Moses, who finds fault with men. So the covenant was faulty. Because men were found at fault. And he says, behold, I do a new covenant with you. Praise the Lord. And with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their own five fathers. The Bible says in 33, but it shall be the covenant that I'll make with the house of Israel after those days. He says, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. What does the next verse say? Hey, and they shall teach no more any man or his neighbor. Uh, and every man his brother saying know the Lord. He says and for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them said the Lord. Why will they know me? For I will forgive their iniquity and will remember their sin no more. How do men know God? When he forgives their iniquity and remembers their sins no more. When men do not feel forgiven or that if they feel that God still holds a record with them, they cannot know him. They cannot know him. No, read the scripture. He says, for they will know me from the least and to the greatest. For I will, for, 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 I will forgive their iniquity. And I remember their sin no more. That's why they'll know me. Uh-huh. Remember when he's praying? Remember when he's asking God, when he's talking to God? Remember in Philippians? That he counted all things but dang, he says he was he was circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin of the stock of Israel. He says, as pertaining zeal, he says he persecuted the church. He 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 was a man. He was a zealot, and he says, and for all of those things, he says, and he says, and concerning the righteousness which is in the law, he says, I was
1: blameless.
0: He says, but whatsoever things were gained to me, he says, I have counted loss for Christ and he says yeah doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellence of the knowledge I want to excel in the knowledge and I'm going to show you how of Christ Jesus for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them down that I may win Christ and the Bible says in next verse and be found listen and be found and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith that means if, if you want to be found in him, you have to carry righteousness, which is not of you, but the righteousness, which is of Christ, by faith in Christ. When they say, we found him in God. We found him in God. He says, when a man has to be found in God, it's a man who is not building his ministry on his own grace and righteousness and power and strength, but the man who has received The free gift of righteousness by God. That's a man who is found in him. And the next verse says, And that I may know him. Imagine. And he says, And that I may know him. That I may know him. No man who has not understood righteousness by faith, by grace, knows God. I don't care how deep they sound. I don't care how articulate they are. You know, some people confuse semantics with depth. Hallelujah. They confuse political talk and persuasive words of men, even as the depth of Christ. And Paul says, I came not with the convincing words, neither the plausible words of men. No, 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 no. But I came as the demonstration of the spirit and the power of God operating on me, he says, and stirring in my ear as the most holy faith and that persuading them. Why? Because I gave them not Moses, for Moses is ready in every city, but I gave them Christ. I gave them Jesus. I gave them faith. And I gave them grace. That was the sweetness of this fruit. That was the ripeness and maturity of the gospel. For he says in Hebrews 5. That they that are unskilled in the doctrine of righteousness are babes. Amplified says they are unable to speak. Why? Because they don't understand the righteousness which is of God through faith. In Christ. Hello. Hello. The covenant you've entered does not seek to find you at fault. Otherwise, you'll not continue in it. That's why I now go to heaven. (laughs) Because I know the covenant, I believed. You know, I I used to go, when I'm going up, you see a preacher saying like, Jesus can come back now and find you eating ice cream. (laughs) If this man, if this God is going to take me to heaven, he'll surely not find me eating ice cream. He shall perfect... That which concerns me, because he is the author and the finisher of my faith, and he that began a good work in me, he shall see to accomplishment of the day of Christ. He says he's coming for a church that is without spot nor wrinkle, and he knows I can't do it by my own strength. And the Bible says, And the Almighty will uphold you underneath his everlasting arms. That's why in God, we don't stand without Him. No, we are leaning. Leaning. Safe and secure. From all our love. Leaning. Without Him, we can't stand. Leaning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the gospel. That is the server of this knowledge. That's the sweetness of the vine. That's the ripening and the fruitfulness of the grape. And that is what we preach. That is why some of you when you hear these things, you feel like the gospel is sweet. That's why you come every Thursday. Hallelujah. That's why you you sit in the rain, hallelujah, and listen to the gospel. That is why you come, whether it's rain, come sunshine, whether you have transport or you don't. Why? Because you're listening to the sweetness. Oh! Sweet as Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fairer. Much fairer. Than the lily that grows by the wayside. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Get to your feet. Thank God for the sweet gospel. Thank God for the sweet gospel. Just take a minute and tell him God. Thank you for the sweetness of your word. Come on speak to God. Talk to God. Come on thank God for his word. Somebody has brought glasses. (laughs) The sweetness of the gospel. Praise God. Come on, receive sweetness tonight. Let me speak upon your lives. Father, we thank you because the entrance of your word brings light. And it giveth understanding to the sin. Because you found man with fault, you regarded a good covenant with fault because man was found at fault, and you gave us a covenant where you'd write the law in our hearts that we shall be your people, that you'll cause us to walk in your statutes. You, God, that does not count our days with our weaknesses, but is able to understand, sympathize, and wash us, change us redeem us for now the bible says that jacob has been ransomed from the hand that was mightier than he because of your grace we shall stand because of your grace we heal because of your grace we shall grow because of your grace we shall increase because of your grace we shall multiply because of your grace we shall make it because of your grace Healing comes. Because of your grace, our families are sorted. Because of your grace, our ministries are sorted. Because of your grace, our vision is expanded. Because of your grace, our experiences are multiplied. Because of your grace, our relationship is restored. Because of your grace, deliverance comes. Because of your grace, answers come. Because of your grace, what was fault shall turn to right as you deal with us. If you believe it, give the Lord a mighty hand. That is why we enjoy the gospel. Hallelujah. That is why we enjoy the gospel. Because it gives us a fragrance. It smells good in your spirit. Hallelujah. That's why I know you'll make it because it's not by your might it's not by your power but by his spirit the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International for more information contact us on telephone number 041466 4291 or email us at, at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.finero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma multipurpose hall from 5pm to 8pm. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com/finero. Finero make manifest.